Hello and welcome to Three Balls and a Black Cat, a sports podcast for the fans, by the fans. Each episode we will cover the top five sporting topics and combine this with our thoughts, opinions and of course, friendly banter. Now I'm your host Tom Burston and with me for life as well as this episode are Tom, fit everything on one fork Archer and Greg, wannabe worldwide Crosby. Are you Let's ready to go live off. now? So, chaps, yeah. this is this is where we start. This is our first podcast recording. We'll mm. come on to the reasons for the name and stuff like that. But I suppose <clears> the opening topic we wanted to talk about was the opening Premier League weekend, namely the fact that I've beaten Greg in week one in terms of fantasy league. But I'm keen to get your thoughts on where we are. Spurs fan, I know you are arch, so. What are your thoughts on the opening Premier League weekend? <laughs> just you know, it's this, this, the, this it, it, you know, it always happens like this. So Arsenal will go and you know absolutely spank someone, and then we'll just lose. I feel like we always get Everton as well on the first uh, day of the season. But I just thought the performance was crap. You know, my, my favourite thing about the whole thing is that match of the day was back. Quite frankly, that that was that was the best part about it for me. I thought Gary Lineker's in for another five years as well. BBC contract he's just signed. That's although, good. <coughs> although I did see a funny thing this morning on the fact that the Italian presenter was an absolute gorgeous woman, and we get Lineker for another five years. So <laughs> I think we're I think we're definitely getting shortchanged there. I think she's called Leo, Leona Deletta. Yes, she's absolutely amazing. But uh, he took yeah. a pay cut as well, didn't he? So we're we're definitely stuck with him. He probably went from one million to nine hundred and fifty k or something like that. Um, hey, you yeah. did take a pay cut. His brother, Ibiza's just completely shut, isn't it? Ocean Beach is just... I keep on seeing these photos of his brother just on in Ocean Beach. Oh, mate, yeah. Woof. He'll be on Match of the Day next, or Match of the Day 2, probably. But did you really see his, well. like, he's sent out this long list of what he wants in a woman, and basically you've got to be an absolute sizzler, just about over 30. So, yeah. Classic yeah. Lineker. So where, what about with the new coming the newcomers to the league? Obviously Rodriguez's first game. G Man. Yeah, <clears throat> I thought I thought it was very good actually. Especially I saw the performance of Leeds and, and Liverpool, some great goals oh, there. Yeah. I think they'll be I think they'll be the surprise package, I think, this year of all the teams that have been promoted. And they certainly gave a good account of themselves and they were very unlucky for the first penalty, I think, which was obviously a handball from Salah. But yeah, I think if I'm being brutally honest, the likes of, of West Brom and things will, will struggle this season. I can't see Even with them. In- I- Ivanovic coming on board. How old is he now? Well, 36, 37. He's not, he's not gonna he's not gonna save them, is he? So I think they're gonna have uh be a bit of a struggle, but certainly Leeds, I think, have probably got enough to, to stay up in the league this year. Greg, I've been thinking, I've got a concept for you. <clears throat> what if Oh god. Yeah, no, okay, this is fine. <laughs> no, this is a general general concept. I, I I think we we'll probably struggle to ever make it a real thing, but why don't all the Birmingham clubs club together and put a proper team in rather than four <laughs> shit teams? <laughs> You're joking. Jack Grealish, I watched this. I watched the game at the end of the season. Jack, Jack Grealish scored two goals in two minutes, right? Both absolute sizzlers, but one for each team. Like, I've never seen, I've never seen something quite like it. And then they, and then they go on to stay up anyway. But anyway, 
Jack Grealish's calves probably need their own podcast. Have you seen those? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it's I'm sure it's in the pipeline for for Burr Villa Albion to just create a huge Birmingham team. Yeah. I mean, am I wrong? Am I wrong? Think about the money and the you know the only the, the, the team that I think can just be left alone are Birmingham City because I. Like I know Wolves aren't, you know, Wolves hate being Birmingham. Wolves, Villa <laughs> and West Brom could knock out a pretty good eleven. Um, but as it stands, they keep on going in and out of the championship every other year. And it's just, I, you know, there's no, surely there's not going to be any progression in their, in the city, of footballing city, if all four of them, if, if there isn't going to be more of a divide between the, the four. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's, there's so many clubs packed into that area. Um, hopefully, all sponsored by Apre. To be honest, what a place that was. Anyway, <laughs> I know, I know. The, the only, the only bar. Yeah, get this. The only bar. This is for our listeners that probably frequent Birmingham City Centre, Jewelry Quarter, more specifically. The only bar that you go to before a club, but yet it's called Apre. That's I mean, so funny. It just it, that doesn't sum it up. I, yeah. What does? Anyway, we digress. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that was the the first time we wanted to knock out someone that. What was? I can't remember what game it was. It was an England game, rugby, and uh, someone goes rocket, and we're like, "You're it's a fucking scrum, you idiot." <laughs> you don't remember that? Yeah, yeah. cut that bit out. <laughs> oh, right. Sorry. Yeah. No swearing. <laughs> this, this kid's joining. We're allowed to swear. It's a podcast. Who cares? No, no. You, lots and lots of swearing. Just no shit stories. That's what I was getting at. Uh, <laughs> dickhead. <laughs> Oh, okay, cool. So, in terms of the opening weekend, then obviously the transfer gossip is the sort of the next topic we want to cover. Big one is obviously Bale coming back to Spurs. Arch, I'm going to land this straight in your kind of lap. Mm. Thoughts? Likely Spurs, Spurs legend. I think in my lifetime, bearing in mind I'm only 26, um, is the <laughs> plus four, plus one. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I think he's been the he's been the best player that I've ever lived to see. I think of him, I think of people like Rafael Van In terms of game changers, he's probably the only he's probably the only one I've had in my life right now. If he does come back, bearing in mind if it's between us and Manu, Manu is Champions League football. Um, if they choose Tottenham Hotspur, if he chooses Tottenham Hotspur, he will cement himself in Spurs history if he could bring us from Euro- Europa back into the yeah. Champions League. So what does he really want to do? Does he want to go and collect some coins and, and just uh, be on the bench every other uh, game with Manu, Or does he want to cement himself in a Hall of Fame? He kind of is Hall of Fame anyway. But um, interestingly, actually, I, I read this article from this guy. I think he was having a little dig. I think he's an Arsenal fan. Um, and he basically said, Tottenham just couldn't leave it alone. Two hours like we had of Aubameyang celebrating a contract sign. <laughs> and, he, and Tottenham just couldn't leave it alone. They had to announce, uh, they had to announce they were in talks with Bale. So uh, I don't know if that's true. It's probably a bit of mischief uh, going on there. But uh, yeah, interesting. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I've just got some stats on, I mean, since his last Tottenham appearance, he got 26 goals in the 2012-13 season, and it, and it was 55 goals in 203 games in total for Spurs, so, I mean, that was that was seven odd years ago, he's 31 now, he left for 85 million, in my opinion, he, he won't be the same player coming back, but he might just be that extra spark that, that Spurs need to to kickstart and, and push their way up the table. Do I see them getting in the top four this year? No, probably in the top six. 
Um, but he certainly, if he can capture three quarters of that form that he had in that season, then it is going to be some really exciting stuff. So I hope he does. We obviously don't want him to move to Glory United. Sorry, Man United. And um, <laughs> uh, and I think he would be a, a much better fit for that. Plus, he's back in London. So, yeah, great move. I hope it goes through, whether it's a loan or a, or a permanent transfer. I think Zidane would want a permanent transfer, but... Uh, Lee, mm. Levy will weave his magic, and I would imagine they can get him on a loan deal with, with uh, you know, paying less valuation at the beginning of the next season. That's what I would have thought. But yeah, really excited oh, yeah. for the Premier League. Great to have him back. Yeah, no, for sure. Okay, do you think that he's done too much damage to his reputation in terms of his approach to the last couple of seasons with Real? Uh, I don't. I mean, Arch, Arch, you said Hall of Fame material, and that he may already be borderline with Spurs. If he comes back, he could be. But what are your thoughts on his general attitude? Because you've got elite mentality in terms of. They look at videos of Tiger Woods when he was up and coming. He was like, I don't want to be in the championship for second. I want to be absolutely competing at the best. So yeah. you look at that sort of elite mentality, and then you look at Bale, who spent the last two seasons basically taking the piss. Mm-hmm. Um, can he do it? Has he got room for a comeback? So, having been an on and off season ticket holder um, of Spurs for my whole life, really, (laughs) when I was younger, then had a big period in between then and now where everything else was interesting other than going to a football match. Um, What I will say about football fans is they're not uh, long memory, uh, (laughs) you know, people. So, you know, you can be the best thing yesterday and the, and the worst thing today. So I, 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 I think that if any Spurs legend ever comes back to Spurs, no one is going to, no one's going to care. No. I don't think anyone. I don't even think they won't care that he hasn't played much in uh, Spain. I, I, I just think they'll be happy to have him. Good, he'll be. I'm not sure Sol, Sol Campbell wouldn't get the same response, but yeah, I get I mean, it. well, no, because because if, you remember in the Bible, don't you, Judas? Don't you? There was a story, <laughs> yeah. um, a famous story about how, you know. Judas, you know, Judas did something, and you know, and someone back me up here. The, the, you know, this is cut this bit out. <laughs> Basically, what you're saying is what he did is unforgivable. Yes, and, and I know what you mean. Like when it comes to football fans, especially you know, the, the glory days, and when you're winning, you're winning. Those responsible are held in real high esteem regardless of the backstory, unless you really have cocked it up. but yeah. And I know Bale has never done that to Spurs. He left in good light and he left for good reasons. But I suppose the point of my question is that you've got someone that you think can turn a team around because at the moment Spurs are not, they're not doing great in terms of their performances. But do you reckon Bale's got it in him to do that in terms of his approach? In terms of, has he still got the elite mentality? That's what I'm asking. I, I think he does. I mean, let's face it, he left Spurs in, in 2013 we all would have done this. He's gone to, he's won two Champions Leagues, and let's yeah. let's not forget the guy's getting four. paid six four Champions. He's got four, he's and he's getting paid six hundred and fifty grand a week. <laughs> so, and his golf game's really improved. So, I mean, for us, that is not from a football perspective, but I still think he's got it in him. He's definitely got the ability. He's he, he's won the trophies there. He's won La Liga. So. Yeah, for me, just coming back, it, it's it's not a case of money. It'll be back to where he first started in the Prem, and, and I think he can certainly kick off from them. But certainly, Harry Kane needs support from 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 the wingers, and I don't think Lamella and a couple of the others are doing it at the moment. And I think once you have Bale, Son, 
and and Harry oh, Harry so, Kane Harry Kane firing, then I can see them certainly certainly improving. But Mourinho wants backup for Kane, doesn't he? he wants <coughs> another striker, so we'll see. Mourinho, yeah, Mourinho was saying that he tried to sign him at Real Madrid, but then he had to he left just as though, and then the president went and signed him anyway. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And actually, I think yeah, you know the, the, this bigger problem. This isn't a you know a podcast about Tottenham. But as we are here, I think we've got bigger problems, uh, namely Eric Dyer, who, who, in my opinion, hopefully goes so far down back past the team. We, you know, we started it kind of midfielder, then defensive midfielder, you know, then on the bench for a year. And then now, now he's at centre-back. I'm hoping that in maybe a year's time, he might be in row one of the uh, spectators. Because... He was certainly for fault at the weekend, not picking up uh, Calvert-Lewin for that header, wasn't he? Definitely. Yeah. I agree with you on that. But I mean, like, I mean, we have what a fall from grace because obviously the 2018 World Cup, he was pretty instrumental in, yeah. in England's performance, and now all of a sudden he's not. But yeah. it's interesting you mentioned Harry Kane. He, again, again, this isn't a Spurs uh, tribute act, but talking of transfer gossip, Kane's come under a little bit of uh, spotlight in terms of his future. Is that oh. any any chance of him leaving, or is he going to try and cement himself in the Hall of Fame? What's... Arch, I'll start with you again, mate. I don't care. <laughs> if 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 he okay. if he sells if, if he sells if he sells we're gonna have I so can't much wait money. My next question. If if he if he if we sell him, we've probably got so much money um, we can get um, you know Mario Balotelli um, Zlatan Ibrahimovic and Eden Zeko to all fuck each other and eventually will, will work out like a super striker who will be ready in 18 years for collection kind of thing so the, I think we get so much money I don't think it'd be an issue but also I'm not I think he needs to go off and do bigger better things because quite frankly if he doesn't then he won't be a Hall of Famer anywhere Ooh. but Tottenham and that and our Hall of Fame is not that great we do have Teddy sharing in it for example <laughs> yeah big Teddy any other transfers that you guys have thought that would be interesting or that's likely or anything that you kind of want to highlight or should we move on to the next sporting topic I think most of the business is, is done now I can see uh, maybe a couple of transfers coming in from Spain but I think most, Chelsea have done well yeah very good I think they've had the best transfer window it would be interesting to see when all those players players gel uh, gel together but mm. I mean they didn't play particularly well at the weekend but they got the job done with a with a 3-1 win and some good goals as well so I think they will be I don't still think they'll be fighting for the the title with Chelsea and, and Liverpool but they'll certainly I think cement fourth third or fourth spot definitely you mean Man City and Liverpool Man City and Liverpool sorry yeah because yeah. I mean you've gone pretty hard on Chelsea and your kind of fancy league haven't you you've got uh-huh. three, three players in there. which I'm not invited to which <laughs> well mate you, you still refuse to create a team because you don't like losing <laughs> we need to get him on though we do need to get you on that create a team it's basically full of Spurs players good good now the next topic is we were going to talk about premiership rugby um, it's painful for me obviously being a Saints fan as you are Arch and so are you in an honorary fashion Gene. Yeah. Saints have had a fall from grace I think uh, I don't really think there's much to cover, really, in terms of the, the kind of the, the, the restart. So let's move on to the golf coming up. We've got the US Open. I know you guys love golf. G-Man, we can't really talk about golf after last weekend. Yeah, so you hustled me, let's, yeah. 
let's talk about your predictions because obviously favourites at the moment we've got a big DJ haven't we Dustin Johnson yeah. uh, he seems to be on a bit of a sizzler Justin Thomas is in there as well what what are your predictions well I'm, I'm looking at the FedEx Cup points here and he's absolutely killing it to be honest I mean his earnings are up to almost 6 million oh, his earnings are ridiculous he's, aren't he's played in 40, he's played in 14 events he's got uh, three wins seven top 10s and nine top uh, 25 so um, he's got the less strokes out of any any uh, person in the field in three three seven eight. So uh, it's very hard to look past him or for me, John Rahm or Justin Thomas. Um, yeah. With an outside. I mean, they coach. are the top three. They are the top three favourites. Ironically, <laughs> according to him. Oh. Yeah, I, and I think Colin uh, Morikawa might have an outside chance because he's been playing really well. So for me, it's it's one of those four. I don't think Rory's going to capture the same form that that we had over the last couple of years or certainly over the last five years when we have seen him play his best golf he's, he's pretty much the family man now isn't he so yeah for do you reckon me- that's causing him a bit of a distraction uh, maybe I don't know uh, but he just doesn't seem to be striking I mean still driving it better than uh, just as good as I would say the only other person who can drive it as good as him is, is Dustin Johnson but um, it's a short game and the putts that's really letting him down so for me it's either JT John Rahm or uh, Justin Johnson for the US Open. Arch? Um, <clears throat> I've seen some pretty funny videos about some of the greens and the way that the ball is rolling. I mean, somebody threw it up a hill and, or not like up a hill, up a slope and it ca- and it kind of came back, kept on going, kept on going. By the time this ball had finished, he was about 30 yards off the green from where he threw it up this little hill. Yeah. So, short game is everything. Um, I just don't think anyone could. Um, I don't think anyone could really give a a, 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 proje- a projection on who would win based on stats because I think this is a completely unique course that winged foot. Yeah. Um, having said that, for me, I just think someone like Bryson DeChambeau is so systematic. He would have been there. He would have got there today, probably. No, sorry, he would have got there yesterday, Tuesday, or, or maybe even Monday play it three, four times before the, the tournament starts. I just think with someone like that that's mechanical, no real... I mean, yeah, he blows up, but, it, you know, with short game, he doesn't... You've got to put yourself on mute, I think, haven't you? Yeah. Arch? We've still got him. Oh, he's just left. We've we lost. He'll, he'll, he'll join back again. We'll keep it. Going. He's, he's, he's given up, mate. That's all it is. We'll keep it going. We can see him. I, I, it's, the, it's, the, it's the pilot pilot teething issues, isn't it, mate? Absolutely. I agree. Once we get the equipment, we'll be we'll be good to go. But I think I know what he was saying. It, it is tough to predict on that course. And, and I think yeah. we might have an outsider who comes in. I still think those three who I mentioned earlier are, are playing the best golf. But... You could get the likes of a, a Gary Woodland or a, or a Webb Simpson or, or or even, as you said, Bryson DeChambeau and his systematic approach. So, um, yeah, but, you know, golf's a funny game. It's it's who can put the, the best consistency over four days, as we know. And certainly you can win tournaments, but majors are, are, are a completely different animal. So it'll be interesting to see. We obviously love the majors. So, uh, you know, we'll be tuned in on... Sunday, or I think it's Sunday, yeah, to see uh, to see how it goes. Are you going to put any bets on? Well, a tough one. I don't know. It's a it's a really tough one. 
Um, maybe I might put a couple on. One of those, one or two of those in the top ten. Top, top twenty. Oh, he's back in the mix. Did you decide to leave us, T Dubs? No, I got a phone call actually. Um, <laughs> and was it, yeah, was it, was it your agent? Yeah, it was. It was like Tom. <laughs> If you keep on, yeah, if you I told keep, you about this. Yeah, your uh, your stock has gone down. No, um, so as I was saying, um, the 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 mechanicalness of Bryson DeChambeau's game is is I think you know I don't think at winged foot the longest off the tee is going to benefit too much, um, even though Bryson can can knock it. Um, I yeah. do think the mechanical. I don't, I don't think there's. Yeah. I think he's. I think he's a good shout for it. But personally, I I saw that guy that put forty five thousand dollars on uh, Phil Mickelson. And I did. I'm not. I'm ashamed to say, it, copy not copy his bet, but copy his uh, philosophy on Phil Mickelson. So I did yeah. put twenty quid on him to win. Um, so yeah. On that, what, what, give me my next question. Any kind of outsiders? Yeah. Phil Mickelson keeps coming up, yeah. which is weird because he, he's never really been an outsider in my mind. But people are taking a bit, playing a bit of a punt on him. Um, he's one of my favourite golfers. I think he's brilliant. Yeah. But yeah. Any anyone else you're putting a bet on, T Dubs or not? Um, yeah, so Ben Ann, who's the guy from South Korea. Um, I've got, um, I've got 20 quid on him each way. Um, he's kind of like an up and comer. Um, yeah. those, those boys from South Korea just love it, don't they? Yeah. Um, it's the next hot spot for gold after the US. Asia. Yeah. Love it. Cool. Okay, look, let's move on to a topic that I know that Greg and I are massively into. <coughs> and if, if Ewan was here, he'd love it as well. And that's the kind of the Formula One topic. So obviously, we've, we've had a couple of races, a few races now into the new season. Lewis Hamilton is yet again screaming ahead. Um, Formula One as a whole, I've been, a, I mean, as soon as I watched the Canadian Grand Prix where Jensen Button came from the back, having had six pit stops, I, I, I love the sport. Um, but it's got really kind of meticulous and, you know, boring to an extent. Obviously, the Italian Grand Prix last week, we saw Pierre Gasly of Toro Rosso, Carlos Sainz and Lance Stroll all on the podium with not a Mercedes um, further down the order. Same with Red Bull. So it was quite exciting in that sense. But there was an element of huge amount of luck in there. So I suppose the, the main question is, is Formula One in particular... You look at the Man Uniteds and the Chelsea's of football and the fact that they went on a bit of a winning streak. Uh, Fergie had a dynasty and, you know, football never got boring. Formula One, however, Mercedes have essentially replicated that. They've, they've formed themselves a dynasty through pure success, through good investments, through good design, through some good drivers. Um, and all of a sudden, the whole sport is now into an element of disrepute because it's now considered boring because if one team is doing particularly well. So I suppose why is it different for Formula One and not football? Why other other than the fan base and the competitive bit? But Greg, what's your thoughts on it? Why why are Mercedes causing such a headache for Formula One as a whole? Yeah, it's a good it's a good question. I mean, I'm I'm just looking at the stats here. We've had nine races, and out of those races, I think Mercedes in the top three have been in seven of them. All but one, eight. isn't it? Yeah, all but yeah. one. And, and I think it's all to do with... Uh, listen, uh, we've spoken to our special learned friend, Mr. Hankey, about about racing. And, and it, it is all to do with the money. There is no doubt about yeah. it. There is no doubt about it. Lewis Hamilton is, is an amazing driver. But I've always said, you know, the car is, is hugely influential. But if we could have more races like the Italian Grand Prix, I mean, these, these red flags and these starts again are really... Um, yeah. 
are, are really changing it. And I really like the uh, the race at the weekend, um, the one in um, the Magello circuit. <clears throat> Even though yeah. Lewis won it, it, I thought it was good. It was a it was a really good drive, and it, it's kind of all to do with money. And I was talking to someone maybe six months back around the difference between the teams, and the lower teams have maybe got a hundred million to put in, where the likes of of Mercedes have got 450 million to, to put in in a season and, and of course that is going to make a massive difference so for me yeah. it, it is getting slightly predictable but uh, you know I guess there's always been a certain element of that you've always had your Ferraris and, and Mercedes kind of going for going for the top spot but um you know, you, you, you kind of oh, you're almost not counteracting your point but Ferrari you've just brought up they have been. They spent the last couple of seasons pushing for the top spot as well, Ooh. apart from a couple of Vettel's meltdowns. Vettel's meltdowns. Um, so they they are getting budget and they are getting prize money and they've got obviously Ferrari as a, from the investment front coming behind them. So how come they're not performing then when Mercedes are? Why are they suddenly battling with? They're not even battling with McLaren, the racing point at the minute. They're they're behind them. Yeah, I think there's only there's only two podiums out of nine races for them. So it's, yeah, it's. Oh, it's a good question. I mean, they've certainly lost that. that I mean, they're losing Vettel, whatever, next year. He's going to Aston Martin. Race. He's off to Aston Martin, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, he's off to Aston Martin. So, uh, I don't know. They just, from an engineering perspective, I don't think they've been able to replicate the same sort of things that Mercedes have um, yeah. with with not far-off budgets. I know Mercedes has got a slightly higher budget, but I don't think they've ever found those amazing drivers as well to, to kind of back up. Vettel from from what he has, he's kind of always been that near or nearabouts man. So it's a good question. I just think it must be to do with it, it's over my pay grade for the technical aspects, but they're just clearly not replicating what Mercedes are able to do with a, a similar budget. But it's, I mean, it's, I suppose the interesting point about it is that you know I'll bring T Dubs in here in terms of why. The dynasties of Man United, for example, and I know Arch doesn't like Formula One that much, but what I'm asking, I'm asking for his opinion no. on why someone like Man United can be the dynasty. Look, and then... I, I, I actually, look, I, it's not a secret that I, I don't fully get F1. Like, I, I understand, I get why people do like it. It's kind of exhilarating when essentially things go wrong. Um, if everything, you know, yeah. you know if, if everything goes right, I don't hear about people saying what a race, um, unless like this Pierre Gasly chap, you know, winning for the first time. That, that's all cool because people, it's different. But from, yeah. from quite frankly, from an outsider's point of view, um, like short of um, noticing that Lewis Hamilton's either got another neck tattoo or some different types of cornrows, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, like yeah. the the news is is often <laughs> from outside of the exact same. So it's just like, what is Hamilton wearing? What is he looking like now? That's the the only thing that really really seems to change. I think it's a bit of a shame to be honest. To have such a to to lucrative and huge global sport. You know, that, when I watch it when it's down in Mexico, that that stadium they put out. Oh, I love the Mexican yeah. World Yeah, people absolutely love it. And quite frankly, in no other sport is it so uncompetitive like I, I and i know people will argue with that and they'll, they'll have their opinion about it saying it's competitive um the car's so much you know better etc et but it's a sport and it should be competitive and unless you know the underdog should win more than once a year kind of thing right it, yeah. yeah i suppose i mean you you've raised an exact point as you, you called yourself an outsider 
So where is the incentive now for people that aren't necessarily F1 fans to pay attention other than for Lewis Hamilton's choice of hairstyle or what kind of pro, you know, what kind of t-shirt slogan he's going to wear in terms of his political outview. So other than those sorts of things, it's not actually the racing that's bringing in the fans anymore, which I find in quite Ooh. quite a bitter pill to swallow because I do like F1 and I, I do and I do want to see the underdogs coming through, but you just can't see it at the moment and it's all backed by money and it's all backed by the technical prowess. So it's obviously going to be quite difficult. Maybe one of the Ecclestone sisters needs to uh, release <laughs> release a porno. <laughs> because okay. if if, yeah, if they because then it, you know if you think about Kim Kardashian, um, you know that what that did for them it's changed changed their lives. Um, they could do the same. Maybe that would maybe that would make it more interesting. There, there you go. I mean, we, we can we can float the idea. I'm not sure we'll get past their security. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But there you, yeah. there you go, Tom. A, a really blunt answer to your question: How to improve the viewings on airport Eccleston or no? <laughs> Yeah, really. <laughs> just, just to try and try and kind of redefine what the F means. Yeah, differentiating <laughs> on the marketing strategy. That's that's what we call it. Yeah, F one. We could call we could call the movie F one Eccleston. Or or we could or you yeah. could, you could watch F one Eccleston or F two Ecclestones um, or F F all F three Ecclestones Bernie edition. No one wants to watch that. I one. prefer F Eccleston one. Oh, okay, good, nice. Okay, cool. Right, look, I'm from a Formula One point of view. That's that's all done, dusted. Now the surprise topic is going to be. Uh, actually something close to both your hearts and that's why I've chosen it and that is the influence and impact on the likes of Netflix or Amazon Prime and their behind the scenes videos or films or series we've got Sunderland Till I Die we've got the new Spurs one and it seems to be having a a bit of a negative impact on the team because if you look at the Sunderland film (laughs) they've gone been relegated twice if you look at Spurs they've had a really underperforming season and other than maybe Man City's one, mm. and even with the All Blacks when they did it, they 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 suddenly had a period where they weren't actually that competitive, and it seems to be aligned with the fact that if they're being followed around by cameras mm. and being interviewed non-stop, what are your thoughts on the ability to maintain their kind of on-field standards when they're being so scrutinised on camera, off the field? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I think you've pretty much summed it up. It's it's certainly uh, a bit of a hindrance for them, isn't it? When when they're getting followed around and cameras at training sessions, it's it, it can't be helpful. They're completely not focused on games, uh, getting the best out of training sessions. Um, and I've certainly seen that. I mean, I would take Sunderland out of it because you could, you could have James Cameron and the whole Hollywood cast filming them and they'd still play bad. So I don't think that's deterred from... From anything on there, but I, I certainly think I, I haven't watched the Tottenham one yet. But I did watch the All Blacks one, um, and and it can't be a, necessarily a helpful thing. And I was hearing quite a lot of pundits saying I wouldn't ever have let that happen. I think it was Roy, yeah. Roy Keane actually, or Tar- gotta be Keane, hasn't Keane it? Keane or Carragher or something saying they're being. Yeah. For, yeah, I mean for me, it's 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 not helping those situations and. Uh, but we're going to see more of it, I would imagine, because they're getting offered. Yeah. It's all about money again, isn't it? And they're probably getting offered millions to 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 do these shows. But, I mean, saying that to, to kind of counteract my own point, we've had Living with the Lions on DVD since the God knows what '95 tour or whatever it was. So you know, the behind the scenes filming has happened 
across sports, but for some reason in recent times, it's it seems to have led to an on-performance dip, whereas traditionally it wasn't. So, yeah, I suppose it's just an interesting kind of observation more than anything. Arch? Uh, I'm embarrassed to say that I didn't hear the question. <laughs> <laughs> so you've just been sitting there nodding. Basically. Yeah, you're just going to have to cut this bit. But yeah, go on. What's the question? No, no, I'm not going to cut it. People need to know that you don't listen to me. I do. No, I listen to you. But I've, you know, I'll be honest. I'm talking, uh, I don't really know, you know, too much about investing in stocks, but I tend to try and do it from now and again. And there was one that I was very excited about today, which was called Snowflake. And I, uh, I just, because you know one of my friends has all the app equipment needed to to do it fast and they've told me they didn't put it on um but now i've just found out it's gone up 110 percent on the, ah, on the and they didn't put it on for you. on the day of ipo so that was what i was reading about because now i'm obviously absolutely fuming at the uh uh so yeah if you could just repeat the question um <laughs> i can okay I can... so i suppose it's more of an observation more than anything and that is the fact that netflix Amazon Prime, you know, they're suddenly doing these behind the scenes like Sunderland Till I Die. Loved it. Or Loved it. Spurs one. And it, it's it's almost directly led to a an on-field dip in performance. What are your thoughts on it? We've got lots of pundits saying, would I fuck let anyone, you know, live with us and film us non-stop? Uh, but, you know, I, I suppose that's the kind of observation and I wanted to bring it up with you guys because obviously Greg's a Black Cat Sunderland fan and you're obviously a Spurs fan. So, do you correlate the two or do you think I'm just kind of plucking random shit out of the air? Yeah, I think you're peddling absolute shit at this at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't think that... I don't think... I, first of all, I've never thought about it. I've never thought about that link between them. But I... I you know, these are professional... Have you ever heard a, an 18-year-old footballer that's a hot prospect think of... Um, What's his name? Phil Foden or Harry Kane when he was up and coming. Have you ever heard them when they speak in, in camera? ridiculous yeah. they can't you know if you made them sleep outside i don't think they'd play any different i don't think that i think they're just bored they're, they're put into this football thing so early on they're just trained i reckon they could play football in their sleep i don't think you know they, they don't look at any of that there's people out there and you know this is one for another day i'm sure people like lingard you know deli alley who are far more uh, interested in being in like i don't know fifa adverts or yeah. tiktok yeah. tiktok and it's like boys Look, I, I can't remember the last time that Lionel Messi was on TikTok, but <laughs> I'm sure if he was, he would have done it after he scored 100 goals in a, in like you know a season rather than scoring like one and a half goals and being on TikTok the whole time. I just think it's ridiculous. So I think that you've got two different types of football. Yeah. You've got a consistent one that's put through the system that's very, very good and always going to be very good. And then you've got these other ones that are just like in it for themselves and they're just going to blow out, go bankrupt and then yeah. like yeah. drown in their own swimming pool. Like, <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay, is that your that's your prediction? Is it? Yeah. Nice. All right then, boys. Okay, well, let's start closing this up because we've kind of come to our forty-minute window. Any final thoughts on the topics? Any final thoughts on generally Greg's T-shirt or anything like that? <laughs> I, 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 I guess I guess I'll just bring up one one more topic. We've we've obviously discussed quite a lot of sports here, but. What was going through Djokovic's head? <laughs> hitting that ball girl. Oh, hitting that ball mate, girl with the ball. On, on the well, I'll tell you what nearly went through her head. 
I think, and this is a topic I thought about. Did you have on purpose? I, I think it was an accident, but it was a pretty pissed off extreme accident. And I mean, for me, to be fair, like for me, this is the best player in the world. Sorry, that yeah. could hit a tin can from the other side of the court. So to hit a line judge in the throat, it's a pretty, pretty convenient accident. Normally, you have to pay for that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I think the main thing for me though is we got a completely new winner of the US Open, and for. I, th- I just think it's kind of like Roger Federer's got 20 titles. I think Nadal's got 19. We've yeah. kind of just seen the end of a legacy. That's what I thought uh, with this. I mean, Djokovic has got 17 as well, but it's we're going to see a new generation, I think, over the next 10 years of, of actual tennis players, which is quite sad because not... Do you think tennis is boring? I don't think so, no. I think, I think the 2007 or whatever it was, 2008 Wimbledon final between Federer and Nadal is the best tennis match I've ever seen. I was absolutely yeah. gripped. What would he go for? Five or six hours? And I know, yeah, so the 12 years ago. And the reason I asked that question so kind of abruptly is because we've just come from the topic of talking about why Formula One yeah. and Mercedes have made it a boring sport to watch. And we've spoken about Federer and Nadal. Djokovic is going to be one of those three players that mm. wins the last 15 years yeah. yet tennis is still quite the exciting sport so it's it's just interesting to have that kind of difference in sports I've, yeah. why don't we just sw- why don't we just swap the three of them out and just put Lewis <laughs> Hamilton uh, in court <laughs> yeah 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 perfect let's put yeah let's put Nadal in a car against Alonso perfect Spaniards compete yeah <laughs> uh, Jesse Lingard nice. ball boy um <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're too busy on TikTok no we said we said oh, we said that we said they were going to change jobs but uh, that's, that's, it. Really that's, that's it from me um, great great session as always can't wait till the next one T-Dubs uh, um, uh, closing thoughts um, yeah I, I think <laughs> to answer your question tennis is boring <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no no boring, it? no no tennis isn't boring tennis is, tennis is a great sport um I just, yeah, I, I think that um, the thing with Djokovic, it was a complete mistake. I think he's, I think he's like the nicest guy in the world, isn't he? That's, yeah. That's how he comes across. He doesn't. Well, ironically, you saw him with that ball boy when it was raining and he gave him a drink and he held the umbrella for him and he's, you know, he's clearly a nice bloke. So he, I don't think it could have been a, a malicious attempt, but yeah. There is, there's, there's such a thing in life as being too accurate, isn't there? And he's obviously. You know, if that was me, that ball may or may not have stayed in the same, you know, regional county as where I hit it from. <laughs> but he's yeah. just so accurate, it hit it right in the throat. And he was probably thinking, fuck, you know, I, I missed that shot or the ball's gone out of bounds and now I've, and I've just smacked that woman in the face. Now, he's probably he's probably taken it a lot worse than the woman that got hit in the throat. Yeah, the, in that's fact, a good the woman, Maybe the woman that got hit in the throat is now going to get promoted off the back of it for taking it like a chap. Yeah, good point. Ooh. Nice guys, right? I think that's pretty much where we're going to close it off. Um, you, you've gonna... got enough content out of us. Us, you're, you've milked, you've milked the talent pool. Milk, milked the teat of Greg and Tom. Yeah, mm. which is not a sentence I thought I'd say on our first ever podcast. But yeah, maybe Love that it. should be the name of uh, episode two. <laughs> what milking the teat? <laughs> milking the teat. Greg, can you, can, you, can you can you just tell me is the final? You know, even as an extra bit of content here, because I'm fascinated, brought it up at the beginning and I'll bring it up again. How do 
football clubs like Sunderland and Stoke, yeah. for example. Well, I mean, Stoke. I, that's why I keep on bringing Stoke down into the Sunderland thing. It, um, it's because they lost bits of crap. It's because they probably went red and white. <laughs> uh, well, there is that, but it's the stadiums more than anything. Yeah. These are huge stadiums that 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 are just and and also they got a huge spot. Well, maybe not Sunderland, but Stoke have Bet Three Six Five, which is the most yeah. the biggest gambling company. Probably in the world, yeah. definitely in the UK. Um, I just, I struggle with it. I can't get my head around I don't understand why. Well, I'll tell you for why. This is the reason. Because the areas like Stoke and Sunderland, with all due respect to our listeners, the, they, they aren't as, let's just say, prosperous. As, if, if I'm a footballer from coming from France or Africa or Europe or wherever it is, and I get the choice of going to Crystal Palace or Fulham or going to Sunderland and Stoke, I will choose Crystal Palace or Fulham because they're in London. So when you think about if, if if those four teams are going in for players, that is where, I'm sorry, regardless of of ability or where they are on the table or who they've got, it's a big factor for these people. And you've got to remember, it's not just the footballers, it's their wives, it's their kids, it's their lifestyle and things like that. So that's why you see so many London clubs in the Premier League um, and, and yes, they do have fantastic facilities, but I think for me, it is, it is where you're going to live and what your lifestyle is going to be like as well. And we used to have this with, a good example actually is a lot of players went to Wigan, for instance, but they lived in Manchester. So, you know, Wigan could attract good players because they could be living in the likes of the, the sort of Wilmslows and Alderley Edge and those places. And, and that's the reason. That is definitely it. And when you've got a choice of, as I said, you know, if you're battling for players, um, you know, I choose a London club every time, which is obviously why why we live here or why I live here. So, yeah, that, that is the reason why these teams do eventually struggle because if they do have a good player, they lose them manager goes or manager gets sacked if they're not quite there and then you know the Tony Pulis effect at Stoke you can't replicate it so that's it for me that's the that's the reason it's the location it, yeah okay <laughs> well yeah that's interesting because because to me it's like okay big stadium lots of fans lots of yeah. revenue lots of money being able to pay you know the, but I did watch that Sunderland until I die thing it's yeah. it was uh it was just a it was a flat town yeah like, in that in that Exactly, and there's lots of places like that. And it, again, it all comes down to money and, and lifestyle. And if you're getting a good foreign player, I mean, look, we we used to a good example is we used to have Asamoah Jan. Remember him? Gar- oh yeah, Ghana's Ghana's yes. primary Ghana's primary striker came to Sunderland. Actually, did really well. Was it? Wasn't he the star of like the 2010 South Africa World Cup? Yes, he's just naturally with, with this sort of dancing and things like that. Yeah, yeah he's doing. <laughs> but the fact is, I mean, and and this is just goes to show how much money does play a factor in sport. He went to play in the UAE, not even one of the main teams. It was like Al Ain or something like that, where he was yeah. getting four hundred thousand a week. I mean, we've never seen him since. We've never seen his football career since. But. That's an example that I I would give, but it's just to do with lifestyle. It's it's lifestyle, and then if these players do, if these clubs do have a good player, I mean, look at Southampton when they were playing really really well. Liverpool came in and pretty much decimated the whole team, didn't they? Lallana, mm. Lovren, um, Van Dyke. Yeah, exactly. Van Dijk. You know, people yeah. forget Van Dyke was at Southampton. And they've just come in and raided that. I mean, we had Jordan Henderson. Liverpool took him as well. Now, what is he? That's from Sunderland. Exactly. Yes, He's from the academy team. And we got we only got 20 million for him. And when you think about now, that's actually a bit of a bargain for Liverpool, to be honest. So, yeah, uh, yeah that's what it is. As soon as you get a good player, 
But you've probably still got Lee Catamount, so... <laughs> he's left. He's left. He's left. <laughs> Has he? He's, yeah, left. he's left. Yeah, yeah. He retired, did he? Yeah. he I gone? don't know. Maybe Torquay or Yeovil or something. I'm not sure. Oh, but to be fair, you, you shouldn't take the mick. He was very a, he good. Was a, uh, Absolutely. He was, that, he, was, yeah, but he was fucking loyal to you when you guys were in freefall, so... Very loyal. He's, yeah. he's a great servant for the club, and uh, yeah, I can't, can't complain. All right. Lee, if you're listening, thought... if you're listening we're a big fan. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Sure, Lee Casmore is going to listen in. And, and Lee, Lee what I and Lee, what I would say is, um, you know, football's a game at the weekend, mate. Maybe uh, untuck the shirt, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> maybe yeah, maybe show a bit of style now and then. But I'm just gonna I'm gonna bring up a point in terms of like the, you, you're talking about location and you're talking about like the kind of regional elements to football and club locations. But from a fan base point of view. That is very similar to the kind of college sport in America because you know there's one main team in one area. It's like the main highlight for them, and it's why the likes of college sport is really important to 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 their you know to the US, for example. So for the UK, you know the likes of Burnley, the likes of Stoke, you know all of these locations. You know you've got guys working their fucking ass off all week, yeah. and all they want to do is go to the football at the weekend. So why is that not enough to build up the reputation for the club? You know, look at Newcastle. They they became an absolute not powerhouse. Not a shit town, though. No, definitely not. I know it's not a shit town at all, but what I'm saying is if we're using the kind of northern versus southern, it's very much a northern town. And therefore, we're, if we're using that argument, why you know, why are clubs struggling to build their brands to attract players? Because the fan base is there. Look at the size of the stadiums. Arch, you've mentioned it. So it's, it's a big, big stadium full of fans every weekend, apart from COVID, obviously. So why are they not doing enough to build a fan base to attract players from? Is it? It can't just be geography. money. It must be it more comes so money. money. That's it. I mean, I think if that Saudi takeover had happened with Newcastle, they would have had. It oh, would have yeah. been exactly the same. You would have had the Rubinhos coming in again, like they did at yeah. Man City. I'm sure. That would be over with me. They probably would have got Ronaldo going there, just changing stripes, black and white stripes. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, it, it's if that's not the case in fan base, it comes down to one thing, which is money. Who can pay me the most? Who's on my wages? Um, and and who have I got the best potential with winning things? Okay, that's that's my take. Greg, who's going to be the player of the season this season? Oh, tough one. I think it's oh. what in the in the Premier League. Yeah, I think hard to look past one of the Liverpool boys again. Maybe Mo, Mo Salah again for me. He still got it. He started off with a hat trick. I mean that second goal was was ridiculous. I think for me he's still still the player to to be. But watch out for Werner at Chelsea. I think he'll be he'll be a good addition to the team as well to the league. Sorry, he's he's got he's got a dead leg, isn't he? If you take you better have taken him out of your league. I don't know. Team. I need to have a rethink this week. Certainly. Yeah, he came out with his old legs all iced up. Yeah. He? Yeah. What about you, Arch? Who do you think is going to be player of the season? Um, from Harry Kane, obviously. Uh, yeah, I. I mean, my my favourite player is Steven Bergwijn, but we're is not playing from, him that much. Is he from Iceland by any chance? No, he's not. <laughs> he's he's uh, Bergwijn's Dutch. You know Bergwijn. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know. Get a map. Right? I know, I know, I know. Um, yeah, I mean the Icelandic player kind of coverage is pretty bleak. Obviously, Sigurdsson's return to White Hart Lane on the weekend was nice to see. Um, Iceland just aren't playing the way I'd like to see them play. Um, with a I keep forgetting more... you're such an Iceland fan. Well, I'm third gen, so... Um... Of course, yeah, third, third gen Icelandic, sure. Yeah, and, the, and, you know, we haven't had the opportunity 
too much in the past decade or two decades, but now it's all coming to a fore. It's looking good. Women's team's looking good. Don't make Ooh. a joke about that. That's in the play. It's looking good. Nice. Okay, right. What we're going to do, boys, we're going to cut it off here. Lovely to see you. I've got so much time for this. We'll uh, we'll see how the, uh, the pilot lands, shall we? Thanks for your time, boys. Until next time on Three Balls and a Black Cat. Godspeed.